you, everyone. Amen. We are so excited and privileged to be here on another Tuesday night. And um, we are going to be just reviewing, you know, the lesson for Sunday. So don't worry if you did not um, have a chance to hear the lesson from, <clears throat> excuse me, Prophet um, L.A. It was it was anointed and it was convicting if we were honest. Amen. So we're going to start in just a second here. Let's see. Amen. How many of you were really blessed just in the last couple of days hearing what it is that we are supposed to be really doing? And I think it's really um, appropriate for us to <clears throat> you all pray for me. I have had a sore throat all day, um, but just grateful for what the Lord is doing in us because, you know, it doesn't uh, really help us if we're just, uh, well, we won't get into that, but just listening to the word in a, okay, there we go. Thank you all. Okay. Can you see my screen? Are we good? Okay, excellent, excellent. So we, um, on Sunday, we discovered what it really means to be obedient. Tonight, we're gonna review and add a few more um, instances where it keeps us from being obedient the way God wants. You know, we have looked at obedience our way. And we have not really understood that there is a way. The scripture says that seems right unto man, but the end of is destruction. So we are going to, uh, let me just make an adjustment here. Okay, excellent. Okay, we are ready to go. So copyright disclaimers, images, all of that. I'm not a doctor, lawyer, therapist, or counselor. So please don't take any, anything that I say um, to the, to, tonight to be other than um, things that reflect my own personal study and things that I have learned, especially here in the conservatory. And these are our four pillars. We are so grateful. You know, it would behoove us to really memorize uh, these four pillars so that if we were asked, we will know exactly what it is we believe and not just one or two, but all four. We believe in transforming nations through the renewing of our minds. That's Romans 12 and two. We believe in reinforcing covenant that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. We believe in elevating Christ above man. Christ is worthy and greater honor than man. He's greater than Moses or any other um, any other character in the Bible. That's Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. And we believe in increasing understanding because he stores up wisdom for the righteous in Proverbs 2. And we are embracing immersion as our roots grow deep in him. And certainly tonight, we definitely want to um, embrace this, this teaching on obedience because it will help us to um, embrace immersions and grow deeper. So here's a review. I thought that Sunday was just unbelievable. And some of the, uh, some of the things that I had gone through 
the previous week in my time with the Lord, he began to just solidify uh, this area of obedience. And sometimes when we're not um, really tied into where we believe God desires and he has to give us a wake up call about what he has called us to be obedient in, um, it's a blessing that he still uh, chastens those that he loves and brings brings us into a place of righteousness and obedience. So the review last week, um, uh, Prophet L.A. Um, discussed and helped us to understand that free will is the ability of an individual to make choices and decisions that are not determined by external factors, such as fate or predestination or coercion. It is the belief that humans have the power to choose their actions and behavior freely without being constrained by external forces. Free will often is associated with the concept of moral responsibility in that individuals are seen as accountable for their actions and the consequences that flow from them. And I hope that we understand that. You know, it's really easy to, to play the blame game when things don't go uh, like we want. We want to uh, have somebody else accountable for our actions. Now, can you understand how uh, ridiculous that sounds? We, uh, now, when we do well, we don't want people to, you know, take credit or be accountable for those things. But it's funny that when things go awry, we want to blame someone else for the things that we have control over. That's not what God is calling us in, to do in obedience. So here were some definitions that we covered last week and I added a few others as I was studying. The first one that um, Prophet L.A. talked about was obentia, and that's Latin for obedience, compliance, submission to authority. And a lot of these meanings, even though they're in different languages, they are interchangeable. They mean basically the same thing. But as she talked, when we were listening about um, hearing, the Hebrew word shama means to hear, and then it takes it to a different level, to be diligent, and then the next is to perceive, and the power to hear. So I was, when I was looking at this word, I began to remember, uh, I guess, a video that I had seen with a little boy who had been deaf, I think maybe he was maybe two or three years old, and they were trying to adjust the hearing aid in his ear and he was fighting them. It, it looks like it might've been uncomfortable, but once they finally got into it and he began to hear sound for the first time, he was so happy. And sometimes this is the way, and we have all experienced the same thing as it relates to the things that have been taught, as it relates to some of the things that we're learning in the conservatory. I know I'm not alone when I have been just blown away and then also I'm like, but I've never heard that before. So sometimes the, the areas of, of learning and hearing and perceiving that enables us to be diligent in our search and our execution of what it is that we've been uh, enabled or presented with. The third explanation, the definition is paetho, is Greek. It means to be persuaded to listen to, to obey, to yield to, to comply with, to trust, 
Prophet Ale also talked about that and we'll dig into that a little bit to have confidence, to be confident. So it's amazing how what we um, can get from studying what it means to hear. The fact that hearing properly leads us to be diligent. But if we don't hear, meaning that if our hearts are not uh, receptive or open to the truth, then we don't have the power to hear and neither can we be diligent. So being um, able to hear and willing to hear is important. So we talked about on Sunday, the differences between listening and hearing. To hear means to perceive sounds through one's ears. It is a physical process that occurs when sound waves enter the ear and are transmitted to the brain for interpretation. How good of God is that? What, what kind of creation? He, he created something so that we would, I mean, he could have just, you know, have it been our nose or vice versa or some other body part, but he, he created it on the sides of our face near our, our, our brain so that we would be able to just hear naturally. So hearing is often an involuntary and passive process in that sounds are perceived without necessarily actively paying attention to them. On Sunday, um, we had the example of we can have noise outside, we can have birds or cars driving by or something else. And, but that is our ability to be able to um, hear, passively hear sounds and understand and know what they are without being fully engaged. Now, one of the issues that I have had of late is that I went to a grocery store and they were playing loud music. Any other day, it might not have been, uh, an issue for me, but that particular day, it was just irritating and it was so loud. And because the type of music that was playing, I decided to hurry up and get to a place that was quiet. So whatever is going on in the atmosphere or around you, we have the choice to be able to hear the sounds, whether they're voluntary or involuntary um, or passive, we can perceive without necessarily active paying attention to them. However, here we can also be an intentional and active process, such as when someone is trying to listen carefully to a particular conversation. I have someone that I know is an expert at ear hustling. I don't care, you can be talking to them, they can hear a conversation almost across the street with somebody else. And it is not even, it's, they don't even recognize that they're doing it, but you can ask them and they'll give you uh, vital details of what was going on in that conversation. So unlike listening, hearing doesn't necessarily involve understanding or comprehending the meaning of the sounds being perceived, but it is an important part of communication and sensory perception. I agree with that. So whether we are, are hearing involuntarily or voluntarily, um, a message is either with the outside or something that we could hear within. So when I was, uh, and I don't know, some of you that are a little older or maybe in uh, education or what have you, there was a song I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. I'm in the same, same uh, position as Minister Sam. But it was called, Are You Listening? Um, 
Ferrajaka, uh, I think we came to the understanding if there was a, a part of the song that says, are you listening? So to listen means to pay attention and, and have consideration to the sounds and words that we focus, we have our concentration and engagement. We're being receptive to the speaker or whatever um, important information or what is being said uh, in front of us or where we're tuned in to listen, tuned in to listen. So this particular scripture, Luke 8, 18, I began to dig in because it really aligns with what uh, we were talking about on Sunday. So be careful how you listen. And in and, and the original or the original King James, it says, be careful how you hear. So be careful how you listen for whoever has, here we go, pass the ears down into the heart. A teachable heart to him, more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for truth, oh my goodness, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Why? Because when we get to a place that we can't um, have a teachable heart and we don't understand that um, in order for us to receive and keep receiving, so it doesn't matter that you have a, a teachable heart for one thing and then you pull back and you don't have a heart longing for truth and something else. It's, it's a cycle and it works the same way when it comes to the things of God. So whoever has a teachable heart, and it's ain't nothing about your mind, it says your willingness, your soul, are you willing to be able to listen? We know those of us that have, have, have kids, are you listening? Because they've gone on to with their own little plan and agenda. And we have to bring them back. No, this is what I said. And how many of you know that there are times when the Lord has to get us back to that place and say, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. This is what I said. He clarifies his will if we are willing to have a teachable heart. And we can all say that at times we were just like, God, I know you didn't say that. And he's just saying, Absolutely, I said it, and I meant for you to, to embrace what it is that I am saying. Have a longing for the truth, even if you don't like it, even if you got an issue with it, a longing. All of this is part of being obedient. So there was a large crowd of disciples and a vast multitude of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had, listened to this, come to listen to him and to be healed of their diseases. So just think about that the condition of our heart can open us and, and, and make us receptive to healing or can close that door. The reason, and, and in this, and I believe it was Matthew, the fourth chapter, when he began to travel, the people understood. They, they had never heard this truth before. So here they are, they're coming, they're following him out of all the coasts and all around uh, the country because he had something that they wanted and they were able to be healed because they availed themselves to hear what he had to say. Sometimes we are not in a place to be healed because we are nurturing our wounds. I have seen uh, 
I've worked in the medical field for a while and now I'm more on the administrative part for healthcare. But I can see how, um, have you ever been in such pain? Have you ever uh, had a broken uh, bone or something? Anything that was painful to you? It was so painful, you didn't want nobody to touch it. It's like, no, 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 no. But in order for that healing to come, that touch had to happen. And sometimes our woundedness or our pain keeps us from, and it's an excuse, from being obedient because how many of you know that God desires to heal us? He loves us so much. There's so much that he has for us that he has made available to us and he has to put his hand on that thing and we have to be willing. Otherwise, we can't hear what it is he wants to say. You can't even hear his words of love. You can't even hear when he's pleased. You can't even hear when there's a word of conviction or correction because we will embrace basically unbelief. Let's go to the next one. So we talked about these things on Sunday and this is a wonderful review. Trust factor. That we don't lean to our own understanding and we acknowledge him in all our ways and he will bring, uh, bring his promises to pass. This is a faith walk. We, there's some things that we don't like. We don't like the fact that we don't know everything. We want step-by-step. Step. He's not going to give you that. So the part of obedience uh, may feel like you're blindfolded and that's where your trust has to come in. You just have to believe that God is who he says he is and that he loves you and that he has his plan for you is good. Even though the, when you need correction, there was a, um, uh, a little boy in our class uh, when we were when I was growing up, and he had these braces on his legs. They didn't look comfortable, and he had to walk with a um, a wobble, and it, it just you could feel sorry for him because they were on both legs. But it was necessary for him to be able to walk properly later on. And sometimes we got these braces on and we want them off. No, he's trying to get us to, to walk right. He's trying to get us to a place of, of extreme obedience. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. So he has, there is a process that he's trying to get us to, and we have to be willing to be made willing. How about that? We have to be willing to get the full understanding of what he's saying when he says obedience, because for the most part, sometimes we take a piece. We love, we love the part of the, um, the promise, but we don't want to do the work. We like the part where the blessing comes in, but we don't want to go through the part where he said, obey, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You're going to have to go through this. You're going to have to ignore some stuff. You're going to have to keep going. So we have to get to a place where we have a trust factor. What are some of the things that, that will hinder us? Intention of the heart. What's your intention? Do you just, what are you trying to prove? Do you seem to be standing up and sitting down on the inside? That was a wonderful um, example that we heard on Sunday. And sometimes we can see that too. I, I remember um, there was an instance of a, a little boy. He was angry. He was mad that he wasn't getting his way. And so when they told him, that he would have to, you know, do his chores or whatever. And he said, I'm standing up, but I'm sitting on the inside. He wanted to let 
um, his parents know that he was still protesting and he stomped off um, in anger. So we have to look at the intention of our heart. And I want you to look at these things. Um, there'll be a variety of things that we'll have to look at, not just being obedient to God, because we can have that straight. But there are so many other factors that God wants us to be wholly obedient, things that we struggle with. Are you seeming to be obedient to save face, to use as a tool of manipulation? Are you being, uh, we'll get to some of these things. Are you being nice to that person when you can't stand them? Are you um, speaking to them? And I know it's a thing in some churches, they'll, you know, they'll get mad, well, she didn't speak to me. I'm, we won't even go there. But some of the things happen because we need to um, get to a place of maturity where, where the intention of the heart is a, is a heart of love and, and the mind of Christ. So the revealed heart says our willingness to obey reveals our heart posture towards Christ, towards Christ. This whole word of obedience is about our walk. It's a, it's a word of correction. And it's a lovely word when we embrace the truth of what he has to say, then transformation can come. Because then there are things that um, we come into agreement with God. We come into agreement with his word. I remember years ago, we had, there was a group, it was, it was, you know, uh, I'll spare you the details, but a lot of ministers. And it, it they would arrive late for everything, for everything. It was, it was um, a character issue. When we were as a group, not everybody in the group, you know, was kind of late, but because it was a group and the group was a group of elders, um, our leader rebuked us and said that, um, that was an issue. But later when I asked the Lord, and I wasn't going to teach a lesson on it, but for me personally, the, that characteristic was one of disrespect. I see it all the time. I work um, with different professionals, and then if they're late, if they are, and you know, sometimes things happen, but intentionally, it means I'm not going to obey this rule. This is what it is for me, and I'll show up when I get ready, or whatever whatever the issue is. So I know that God is bringing these things up and out because we need to get to a place where we want our lives to be stellar, where we really honor him. And, and he might pick out one little thing there when he'll say that your obedience, that's an area of obedience that I want to correct. All right, let's move on. Selfish nature. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's Philippians 2 and 3. And there's so much that can be said for that. There's so many things going on around us. And if we're not careful, we can be drawn in to the excitement of the crowd or the, the latest flavor of the month or whatever that is. But our focus needs to be on the things that God is directing us to be uh, also in, in a level of obedience that we may not even consider is important to God. Everything we do, our life is supposed to be his. So the, the message of importance is one that will undergird everything that we do, should. Okay, um, submission. 
it's impossible. This was so good to me. This was so good. Because you know how you can you can um, know a scripture, but not really dig into the meaning of it? It's impossible to submit to God and to sin at the same time. Resisting the enemy can only come after submission to Christ. So submit yourselves to the one true God and fight against the devil and his schemes. If you do, he will run away in failure. So the only way that you can even uh, get to a place where um, you can flee or make him flee, come out of agreement with his stuff, is submit submission to God. That's the only way. Um, are you angry? Submission to God. That way the adversary can't whisper nothing in your ear. Are you feeling hopeless? Are you, are you sad? Whatever the issue is that's affecting your walk, submission to God is the answer to those conditions uh, being dealt with. Now, some situations may not change, but you'll have the peace because you have been in submission to his will. So here's where we take a turn. We love serving in the clouds. We love the presence of the Lord. We love worship and, and prayer and study. You know, we be all in our own little world because we obeying God. We're obeying him. And that's what we tell ourselves. But Rest. are we, are we really, really obeying him? Are we really obeying him? So, you know, we can ignore the obvious. God be trying to get our attention and it's right there. It's right there. So did you know that you can psych yourself into believing that you're obedient? I can't see the chat, but maybe there's some uh, hands raised or some amens or some hearts. We can fast 40 days and 40 nights. We can have all night prayer meetings. We can give all of our money. We can feed beggars, preach until you sweat. You can hug church mothers. And you can still miss God. How is that possible? Because we live in the clouds. We, our feet ain't touching the ground. We, we all up in the, the fifth heavens. How is that possible? You can become indifferent. Indifference is when Someone does not care. They've cast it off. We're like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Do what you want. That's the kind of thing. I, we've seen it in families. We've seen it in relationships. We've seen it everywhere. When it's do what you want, I'm out. It may be a lack of care about life. And sometimes things get crazy. And you just want to give up give up on people or the things of God. It's easy to blame other people, but we should examine our own lives first. So if you've got your, your pen and paper out, I know you are planning to write in your journal, any place that this lesson may convict you or areas where the Lord is like tapping you on the shoulder, tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, I love you, but I need you to fix that. We may not be as loyal to Jesus as we should be or as we think we are. We can be so self-deceived. 
Our words and our lives should make it easy for people to trust in him. Now that, let me read that again. Our words and our actions, our lives should make it easy for people to trust in him. Why is that? Because we're written epistles, read of men. People are looking, people are watching. And whatever their perceptions are, we need to know that we're not becoming a stumbling block because we're indifferent. We don't care. Malachi speaks to the spiritual leaders in the first chapter, the sixth and the seventh verse. It was a message to the priests or the, or the leaders that they should have been models for the people. They led the nation in worship. The priests served in the temple, but it had no meaning to them. They offered sick animals to God. I want you to get that picture in your head. They offered sick animals to God. They gave him the worst, not the best that they had. Verse eight. What was that? They were indifferent. They were dishonoring. It didn't matter to them. Oh, it's just God. He'll understand. We hear that all the time. God understands. So we're going to destroy these excuses. What's another way that we are not in obedience to God? I don't know about you, but distractions. You can name your poison. It might not have been the same as mine. Is it social media? Are you... Are you um, scrolling through? It may not be Facebook. It could be Instagram. It could be Twitter. It could be YouTube. Or maybe you just chill and next or you're just checking out. You had a hard day and you're just like, listen, I don't want to hear nothing. Don't know. I'm not answering the phone. Don't nobody call me. I'm good. I'm just spending Netflix and chill. So really to ask this question, what has your attention? What are you checking out? King David had a distraction too that led him to his sin and the murder of a good soldier. So we can see how distractions can keep us from being obedient to what God has already said. And he's just saying, hey, this is your wake up call. I just want you to obey me. I just want you to pay attention. This is what I need you to do. Let's talk about relationships. So while we're in the cloud, how are we dealing with our relationships? Are we pretending not to hear your spouse, your boss, your kids, whoever is, you know, hollering the loudest? Are you giving them the cold shoulder? You know, the saints can be masters at that. I don't want to hear. I hear the hand. We ain't, we're not trying to do that. Are you arguing in your head what you'd like to say, but you keep that argument to yourself or you tell others? So there's that, that breach in relationships because we can't be honest if there's no forgiveness. We can't go to our neighbor like the Lord said to commanded us to, that's, that's an area of obedience. That's an area where he wants to destroy pride. We can't humble ourselves and say, you know what? I was wrong. Forgive me. I'm sorry. And not just words, I'm sorry, but heartfelt. 
So these are the areas, these are the things that, you know, we can live in the cloud, but down here on earth, we need to make some corrections. We need to walk out what the word says about these different situations. Or are we ignoring our mentor's advice? Disobedience is sin and dishonor. Are we taking them for granted? So it doesn't matter all the stuff if we show up um, to the, the Zoom calls and we at all the events and everything, but if uh, they have given us priceless instruction and we have not followed it, or we get these wonderful lessons and we won't even go to the YouTube channel to hear, these are things that highlight areas or pockets of resistance that keep us in a place of dissatisfaction, being uncomfortable with the truth that God is bringing for us to make some changes. So have you lost faith in something you want to happen? But if you're honest, that faith was misplaced. If you have lost faith, that trust that you have um, should have, so then you start moonwalking back out of your commitment to God, what you promised to do, but your, your promise to do it was based on something that you thought was going to happen. These are the kind of things that erode our faith and cause us to be stagnant. And keeps us from moving forward in obedience. One of the excellent things that uh, was brought out on Sunday is that it's a faith walk. You're not going to have the answers. It's going to feel like you are stepping out on nothing. But you have to understand that his hand is right underneath that footstep that you need to take. Things are going to look crazy. And we have to stop um, Stop worrying about what people are going to say when it's something that God told you to do. We just have to. So let's look at this and then we'll have an open discussion at the end. We know the word. We know what the Bible says, but we have selective um, hearing and selective memory. I remember one time my son um, I forget what it, what the situation was. And he couldn't remember some things. So we kind of figured out, we called the, the pediatrician. And um, so the pediatrician told us what to do. He said, ask him this. Ask him, does he know his name? Does he know where he lives? Does he... Um, know his phone number? Does he know the name of his school and his friends? And so we did, he answered all of it, <laughs> every single question. And we kind of tripped him up. So he, he was trying to say that he didn't understand some instructions that we gave him, that we've been giving him. And he was trying to pretend like he had amnesia. So we asked him and he responded. And at that point he knew that he was busted. And how many times we have selective hearing or we wanna pretend like we have amnesia. 
And some of us write everything in our journal. If we go back into our journal, we can see those places where we were feeling all good and Lord, we'll serve you till I die. Lord, yes, I love you. I want to obey you. That's in that journal. And then a few pages down the line. But Lord, I don't know if you call me to do that. That is not how we learn to be obedient. We obey because we love him. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me. So here's a, we need to do a self-assessment and we can be honest. We can either ask the Lord for some help. Holy Spirit is very capable and willing to guide us into all truth. What does that mean? Even the truth that we don't like to hear. But if it's a problem, if there's an area, one of the things I like in, in our um, discussions on Saturdays on connecting um, the book that Dr. K wrote, some of the most profound comments, we talk about taking notes on notes. And one of the things that I appreciated was um, Minister Sam was talking about, you know, we really feel like we have to be in the clouds. We feel like there's a certain place where he has to speak and he, he can only speak in these places. But you know, God can get you together anywhere, anywhere. And we were, she was sharing how it, it didn't matter. He, he, anywhere. And I don't know if, if uh, you've had this kind of, uh, I call it Holy Ghost outreach, <laughs> where wherever you are, you can dr be driving, you can be walking, you can be in the supermarket, you could be, and just all of a sudden, like he breaks in, it doesn't have to be like you're in a moment of prayer, it's just that that truth that you need at that moment really invades your thinking and all you have to do is say, yes, Lord. And there you go. So we take our self-assessment and we're honest with God. We just say, Lord, listen, I know this is what you said, but I'm having an issue. I, I need some help. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. I need some help. Bring me into all this truth. Help me to understand. Help me to, to sidestep these roadside bombs. Help me to walk up everything that he has that he hears from the Father, he gives it to us. So there is no reason why we can stand in a place of saying, oh God, I didn't know. He, no. He will reveal the truth if we want it. If we want to receive it, we go back to the earlier, earlier um, slide that he gives us the power to hear which is the power to obey. What you think is a hopeless situation, he gives you the power to obey. Whatever is going on in your life, your relationships, he gives us the power to be obedient. The second thing, take your pulse. You know honestly where you are. You know honestly. And the worst thing to do is to lie to yourself, but take your own pulse. And, and be honest. Your post is not lying. Your post is not lying to you. It's saying, hold up, hold up. 
going a little too fast, going a little too far, slow up or slowing down. Hey, hey, you almost ain't got no pulse. You are so indifferent. You're so to the place where you don't care. You're so to the place, I don't know, but you've got to check out. You need to take your pulse and get it regular. Be honest. Third, embrace God's word. We know the word. We've had wonderful um, lesson on uh, meditation. And do you not know that once you hear that, it seems like every scripture after that that you get to talks about meditation. And this is the thing why we have to embrace God's word, because you know that in times of being upset or angry or discouraged or whatever, you have meditated on something. That those thoughts have been ruminating in your mind, maybe even in your heart. When you we see things, I was bent off social media and just news and everything the last week. And then I my daughter asked me, she said, What's going on in Texas? I was like, What are you talking about? So I happened to turn on the news. And there were so many things going on. And the reason that I could see where all this tragic, where all these murders, where these people that are angry, that are mowing down people and doing this and stuff happening here and there, stuff is happening all over the world like that. This is why we have to embrace the word. We have to keep our peace and not be drawn in to everything that is negative, no matter how scary it is. He keeps us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on. So we have to embrace his word that so that it causes us to walk in a level of love. Obedience is a heart thing. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing that he wants us to do that he doesn't deserve. I mean, come on. It's the Lord. Why wouldn't we surrender those things to him? Why? Why wouldn't we surrender that attitude or that disobedience or that indifference or that haughtiness or any of those things that keep us from walking upright and holy before him? Why not give that stuff up? Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word and thank you that it is continuing to highlight what it is that we need to be doing. Forgive us for being distracted. Forgive us for the time when you told us to unplug stuff, to get off stuff, to, to spend more time with you, or just to even meditate, to hear your word, to pray, to go love on somebody. The things that we may have failed to because we were distracted. Forgive us for being indifferent. We didn't care. Life has mowed us down and we, we, we're done. So Father, bring us out of that doneness. Let us be done with being disobedient. Help us renew us, set us on fire again. Let our passions be real and let our passions be toward you. And let us learn how to obey you by walking and loving others for real. We surrender any place of offense. We surrender any place of, of uh, disregard. We surrender every place of disobedience and unforgiveness, whoever it is in our households, family members, on the job, 
in the church, places of worship, our friends, whatever the relations with. Uh, we ask for your healing power. And we thank you just in the example of your people. They heard and they were healed. So tonight we are asking that the word would get in our ears and sink down to our hearts to manifest change and transformation. So much so that we will be called sons because sons obey. We just thank you for your love and your, your care, your long suffering with us, oh God. We appreciate you so much. And we thank you that you called us to this place of a reckoning and a decision to make some changes right now, no matter how little it is or how big it is. We thank you for cleansing us and forgiving us and placing us in a place of all unrighteousness, keeping us with our face towards your word. Because as we gaze in the word, it is a mirror. And we thank you that we will begin to walk in your fullness without any hindrance and be able to obey in all things because this is the will of God concerning us. We thank you for it, and we give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.